to the Big Ten Review Show podcast. I'm Josh with my co-host Mario. What's going on, Mark? What's going on, buddy? Not much, man. We uh, we got some bowl games coming up. I'm pretty uh, excited for them. We do. We're about a week away from bowl season starting. I am super excited. Yeah, we got some really interesting matchups. But before we jump into that, Mar, I don't think I can go any further without saying, you know, uh, thoughts and prayers to to Mississippi State, to Mike Leach's family. I mean, devastating to hear that just so quickly what happened with Mike Leach. And, and you know, it's it's scary. I think it puts life into perspective. And, you know, you can't help but feel for, for his family. Yeah. Um, rest in peace. Mike Leach passed away this week. He was an awesome head coach, impacted a lot of life. So he'll be greatly missed. Absolutely. Think about the impact he's had on the current offense and, and football right now. And, and, and it's just amazing. But um, yeah, absolutely. Prayers and, and thoughts out to everybody out there. Uh, but look, we are a Big Ten Review Show podcast. we got some things to talk about today. We have to hit on the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, uh, you know, some people thought it should have been Stroud and maybe it could have. Corum was, was gosh, didn't even make it. I think he went number seven, which come on. If, if you watch Corum, you see the impact he made. Um, we got some coaching changes. PJ Fleck got a nice extension. We're seeing more and more players sit out, and we got some really interesting matchups. But why don't we first talk about this Heisen Trophy, man? Caleb Williams wins, and and pretty much it was a landslide. And the last time we were talking, you said CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud. However, it seems that that Michigan game really held him back. Yeah, I'll be honest. I was pulling for CJ Stroud. Uh, it it would have been nice to see another big time player walk away with that hardware. I, I was kind of even pulling for Max Duggan, a TCU's quarterback, a little bit after watching that kid play versus Kansas State in the Big Twelve Championship game. But I mean, congratulations to Caleb Williams. Fantastic season. He deserved it. Yeah, he did have a great season. It's just unique. Typically, you don't find someone winning the Heisman and not being in the college football playoff, right? I mean. It's not his fault his team didn't get there. Let's be real here. They had a lot of holes on that team. And, and next year, he's probably going to be the favorite going in. Um, but it's a little odd, you know. And I, and I was intrigued by the, the, the people that were there still, Stetson Bennett, Max Duggan, uh, C.J. Stroud. Um, very interesting lineup. I think Blake Corum deserves some more kudos. Um, and, I you know, I just it's such a quarterback award now. I'd love to see some other players that made a huge impact. Yeah, let's see what he does next year. He's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders now. Uh, we saw Bryce Young, quarterback at Alabama, win it last year. He was the favorite to win it again this year, and uh, he wasn't even in that Final Four. So, um, you know, uh, Caleb Williams has a lot of high expectations going into next year. That USC team is going to be awesome next year. Um, let's see what he does. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Lincoln Riley, did I see like three of the last five players that won the Heisman or something or, or were in the running were – or uh, Lincoln Riley, something along those lines. Like he has a history right now with quarterbacks. Uh, I would think if I'm a top tier quarterback, that's someone I'm looking, you know, really hard at. Outside of Ohio State, that's another school that you look really hard at. Um, you know, I think back to players like Tate Martell that went to to Ohio State that didn't make, you know, make it or, or Joe. I think he went by Tathan was his official name. Uh, you had Joe Burrow who was Ohio State who couldn't crack the lineup. And it, correct me if I'm wrong. I think. I think he turned out to be okay, right? Yeah, he seems to be doing okay for himself in the NFL. Yeah, he's he's doing okay. I think he did okay in college too, but he didn't have any big name receivers, so uh, definitely didn't have Justin Jefferson or, or anything. Jamar, Jamar Chase. Chase. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what, man? I, it, it's just crazy. Ohio State does a great job with their their quarterbacks, their receivers. But um, you know, one thing I also want to hit on Mars. I 
Jeff Brom. How crazy is that? I did not see him leaving Purdue for Louisville. That just seemed really, really odd to me. Yeah, I thought this was kind of a shocking move when I first saw it at the time. I guess I didn't realize Louisville was his alma mater. He quarterbacked the Cardinals from 1989 to 1993. I'm not going to knock him for this. Uh, It does seem like a step back for him, but if this is where he wanted to be ultimately, congratulations to Jeff Brown. Yeah, I'm happy for him if that's where he wanted to go. I just, he had something going here, right? He just won the West, albeit he kind of stumbled into the West, uh, the winner of the West here. Uh, with that being said, I mean, I guess when you look at, you know, USC and UCLA coming to join, it is a little more frightening, right? You're probably not going to compete when you see Caleb Williams out there slinging it. Um, but, you know, happy for him. But I think a great hire on their part is is Ryan Walters, right, from from uh, Illinois. He is – he's young. He's – he. He, I mean, he's been lighting it up as a defensive coordinator. You saw how good that defense was. I think that's a fantastic hire. Yeah, I like that hire. Uh, young coach, and, and like you just mentioned, I was going to hit on it too. He did a terrific job with Illinois' defense this past season. Uh, if you didn't know, I mean, they were number one in the country for several weeks in a row. Um, yeah, I, I like the hire from Purdue. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's going to be a, a stud. I, in my personal opinion, I think he's going to do some great things over there. Um, with Purdue and and uh, you know I'm excited to see what he what he brings to the table. So look, Mar, we have a lot of games to go through. Um, uh, you know, a lot of interesting bowl names we were just talking about. Um, some interesting lines in some of these games, and I want to hit on some things that I think have been venting a little bit about this year. You know, we've we've talked about some of these conferences maybe being overinflated. I think some of these lines tell that story as well, and we can talk about that a little bit. But why don't we go ahead and dive into these games? Let's do it. So December 27th is the first time we'll get to see some Big Ten football. We have the guaranteed rate bull. Uh, we have Wisconsin, who's 6-6 six and six, uh, against Oklahoma State. Wisconsin is favored over Oklahoma State here in Phoenix. What are you thinking in this one? Yeah, favored by two and a half points from the last time I checked. Look, the last time we saw Wisconsin, they didn't necessarily look great. They only put up 16 points, lost at home to Minnesota. Mertz didn't have his best game. Braylon Allen didn't play. But the same could be said for Oklahoma State. Their season ended with a 24-19 loss to West Virginia. They did not look good down the stretch. Uh, Two things that I think could really help out this Wisconsin Badgers uh, team in this game. One, Oklahoma State is an undisciplined team. They commit a whole bunch of penalties. And second, they give up a lot of yards on the ground. On average, they give up 171 rush yards per game. If Braylon Allen plays in this game for Wisconsin, watch out. Uh, And they're going to need him, too, because no Graham Mertz. He hit the transfer portal. He's gone. Uh, And Josh, a bonus point. Spencer Sanders, OK State's quarterback, is dealing with some injuries. He may not actually play in this one. We'll have to wait and see. I'm also interested to see how this Badgers team looks without Jim Leonard at the helm. The program is moving into the Luke Fickle era, so they'll have an interim staff leading the way. Should be a very interesting game. Well, I know for sure. One thing I'm going to correct, Spencer Sanders is in the portal, so he will not be playing in this game. Um, So you got two teams that are quarterbackless. Um, which should be, make this pretty interesting overall. I mean, not that they don't have a quarterback. You're going to see more of the future from these teams. Uh, like you said, Graham Mertz, kind of the same boat. One thing that we didn't talk about is, I think it was one of our last podcasts, we said Jim Leonard is planning on staying, you know, happy for him. Uh, well, like, honestly, like two hours later, there was news that came out and j- said Jim Leonard is, is leaving. So, um, you know, that's something that you have to keep an eye on. He was a, making a huge impact. And I mentioned it 
um, that Braylon Allen uh, seemed to have. Well, the rumor was he had an affinity towards uh, you know Jim Letter, and they had a relationship. As long as Jim was there, Braylon Allen was there. And remember, uh, there there was potential that you know Braylon Allen was was talking about transferring to a different school in the Big Ten, which I won't name again, but something to keep an eye out on. That was a pretty big loss, in my opinion, for Wisconsin. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw rumors, and I don't think they're true, that Jim Leonard might be making his way out to Colorado with uh, with Deion Sanders no. out there and taking Braylon Allen with him. Uh, I know that was just rumor. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if Braylon Allen plays because, like I said, if he does this, okay, state team is not great against the run, and uh, I think that would – uh, benefit Wisconsin greatly. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, he, I can tell you, Deion's going to need some X's and O's. He's going to need a good O coordinator and D coordinator to be successful. You know, there's a lot of smoke over there going on in Colorado right now. But you are in D1 football. These teams, not only do they have the talent, they have the coaches. And so I'm intrigued to see. It's clear to me Dion has an aura around him. People want to follow him. Um, but can he do the coaching aspect? It's easy at Jackson State where you have more talent than everybody else, but can you do it here in the Pac-12 and a team that struggled? We'll see. It's on a big stage. Um, next game I want to jump into, December 29th, Mar. We got Syracuse, who's 7-5, and five, uh, playing Minnesota, who's 8-4. and four. Minnesota is favored by 7.5 in this game. Uh and I, I guess I kind of see it. It makes sense to me. But it's it's in New York, so it should be at Yankee Stadium. So it should be an interesting game. Josh, what's the name of this ball game? This is the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. <laughs> what is going on? I love these bowl names. I love that name. Hey, look, this is an interesting matchup. Really interesting. Um, both of these teams started out the year on fire. I mean, hell, Syracuse beat Purdue. They beat a ranked NC State team early. Uh, but they lost five straight before beating Boston College to end their regular season. Syracuse is 2-0 and all-time in the Pinstripe Bowl, which I know really doesn't mean a whole lot here. But what will impact this game are all the injuries that Syracuse is dealing with. I was going through their uh, injury report earlier today. Garrett Williams, star cornerback, done for the year. Tight end, Chris Elmore, is done for the year. Stephon Thompson, linebacker, also done for the year. And there's a huge difference between these two rushing attacks, with which I also think is going to play a huge role in this game. Look, we know Minnesota just wants to pound and smash the rock down their throats. Minnesota averaged uh, 218 yards per game on the ground compared to 142 yards that Syracuse was averaging on the ground. Um, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see if if uh, if they want to stick with that same game plan that they've been running with all season that seemed to be very successful and working for them that first month of the season. Yeah, this is like the tale of two teams that started out hot, like you said, and then just deflated throughout the season. Now, Minnesota bounced back, and I think what's clear, and if you don't agree with me, Mar, I want you to tell me, but P.J. Fleck just signed an extension, which which you had mentioned before this, but I think Minnesota's here to stay. I think they're going to make splashes in the West. I think as Fleck gets here, is here a little bit more and continues to recruit, I think they're, they're going to make quite an impact there. I would agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. So the West is now a little more interesting, right? Illinois is is over here making an impact. Bielema is, you know, I think he's doing a great job over here. Iowa, we'll talk about them a little bit later because there's a lot going on. 
Um, Nebraska, Wisconsin, all these teams are looking pretty solid in the West. So um, Minnesota is one of those teams. I think they're going to play some good ball. This should be a fun game, though. Um, it is interesting to see Minnesota 7.5, though, at the moment. Favorite. It's a big line. I've read a lot online this week with people saying that Minnesota does not have a good win on their resume this season, and that would be tough to argue. They have wins over New Mexico State, Western Illinois, Colorado, Michigan State, Rutgers, Nebraska, Northwestern, and Wisconsin, and then they lost to Purdue, Illinois, Penn State, and America's team, Iowa. Uh, but my argument back would be, okay, they beat up on the bad teams, they lose to the good teams. Are we sure the Syracuse team is one of those good teams? Because I just don't know that they are. Uh, I don't know, and I'm expecting a huge game out of Mohamed Ibrahim. I'm expecting him to go off in this game. I'm expecting him to be unstoppable in this game, if I'm being honest with you here. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be a good game nonetheless. Another game really intriguing to me, and it's going to put me on a tangent here, is Maryland uh, playing NC State, ranked number 23. Maryland is 7-5 going into this game, playing NC State, who's 8-4. and And Maryland is ranked in this game. Or not ranked, I'm sorry. They're favored in this game. And by the way, this is the Duke's Mayo Bowl. So this is this is must-watch TV. I'm just telling you, anyone that's listening, you have to watch the Mayo Bowl. Um, someone always gets dunked with Mayo. And, and I've, I was hoping it'd be you this year, but I don't think it is. Um, look, I, I, we've been saying all year, the ACC, what is going on with the choice in, in the teams of uh, with the college football playoff? They kept ranking the ACC. And you and I have, have discussed this. The ACC didn't appear that good. And here we are, the ACC, the, the NC State is, is, has a better record. They are number 23 in the nation, and they're not even favored against Maryland, who I don't know where they even finished in the East, but it, it wasn't in the top three. I can promise you that much. Like, what, what's going on here? Why, why is this team so high up uh, in the rankings? Yeah, the ACC was not a very good conference this year, and we saw it from their top team, Clemson. Uh, not a typical Clemson year, a down year for that Clemson program. I know they finished, what would they finish, top 10? Uh, but still, that conference, I hate to say it, I'm not trying to be a hater, but that conference was not deserving of the ranks that they got from any of those teams. I agree, and, and Clemson proved it, Syracuse proved it. North Carolina proved it. I mean, I don't know what more we needed to see uh, for this to happen, but but here we are, and and I actually do think this is an intriguing matchup. These are, I think, interesting football teams nonetheless. I've I've liked Maryland all year. They've just they kind of one of those teams. They're up and they're looking really good, and then and then they're not looking very good. Um, so this could will be interesting to see what what Maryland team we get out of this. Yeah, look, this is gonna be a really fun game. Um, if you enjoy offensive football, high scoring games, check this one out. Uh, last time we saw Maryland, they were putting a whooping on Rutgers to the tune of what was it, 37 uh, 0. Tungavailoa has had a really good season quarterback in this Terrapins offense. Roman Hemby, we've talked about him on this podcast, had an impressive second half to that season carrying the ball for the Terrapins. They have a ton of weapons on offense. And NC State is really only mediocre at stopping the pass. Their pass defense ranks 65th in the country. Um, due to injuries, you know, NC State late in the season was kind of shuffling quarterbacks around in and out. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who they have under center for the Wolfpack. The game is in Charlotte, though, which is practically a home game for NC State. But I am looking forward to the Mayo Bowl. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Well, you just mentioned one thing in particular, and you know what? I'm gonna we're gonna take a break here, but you mentioned one thing, and I don't want to forget about it. You mentioned we're gonna see great offense in Maryland and NC State. Well, after the after we get from the break, we're gonna go and we're gonna talk about bad offense, and 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 we're gonna talk about Kentucky and Iowa 
you guys already knew when I said bad offense which team I was going with. So well, that's that's take, your opinion. That's your opinion, and you're wrong. That's what the that's what the stats tell me. I don't know. Let's take a short break, and then we'll come back and talk about Iowa. Let's do it. games to talk about mar we got some bad offense we're going to see on december 31st iowa and kentucky we have january 2nd illinois mississippi state we have purdue lsu penn state utah and then we're not going to talk about the college football playoff until our next one uh because look we got to spend some time talking about the ohio state buckeyes and the michigan wolverines and some really big games that i know anyone that is a fan of the big 10 is excited for we're excited for some good football before we get into that, I want to talk about the Iowa Hawkeyes and Kentucky Wildcats. I'll tell you, I am kind of excited for this game. Um, th- these are This will be an interesting game. The over-under is 31 and a half, so that should tell you enough about it. It is the TransPerfect Music City Bowl. And I just Googled the, the TransPerfect because we were talking about this, Mar. I don't know what this even means. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a language and technology solutions for business. So uh, still over my head. I'm not sure what that is. All right, wrap it up, because I'm excited to talk about this one. I can't wait. I'm Look, literally, I'm jumping out of my chair here. This is going to be this is gonna be probably not very good football. And uh, before we jump into it, I actually want to mention Cade McNamara, Eric All from Michigan are going to Iowa. And um, I think they're going to be significantly improved, if I'm being honest with you. Eric All... Uh, out of Michigan, there's a lot of rumors swirling. I don't want to, you know, even quote on any of those. Um, I'll let people figure that out. Um, but he he transfers to to Iowa, and he was already looking like, you know, the number one tight end for Michigan gets injured, uh, and then goes to uh, Iowa. And I will say, Iowa is a fantastic place to go if you want to be a, if you're a tight end. Number one, because they don't have any any passing game outside of the tight end, and number two, because their tight ends are good. I mean, the reality is they've had some really good tight ends in the past. Hawkinson and Fant, um, you know, Laporta right now looks fantastic. And so uh, Cade McNamara is going there. He says he doesn't want to be a game manager. Uh, you know, he wants explosive plays. So he thought Iowa was the perfect offense for that. Um, should be really fun to watch this team. They're going to be really competing in the West next year. But this game is going to be fun. This is going to be a, an interesting matchup. Yeah, this is the game. This is the game, Josh. This is the game that the selection committee chose for us to wet our beaks prior to the two playoff semifinal games. This is the game that America is going to be watching prior to Michigan TCU stepping on the field. I cannot wait. One last time, we get to watch Spencer Petras lead this Hawkeyes offense. We get to see Sam Laporta suit up one last time, and we get to see Jack Campbell lead this defense one last time. If you're a fan of offenses and points being scored, like Josh said, this probably is not the game for you. Uh, this is going to be a low-scoring, slug-it-out type of game. Uh, Will Levis, Kentucky's standout quarterback, projected first-round draft pick, has opted out of this game. Chris Rodriguez, Kentucky's terrific running back, has also opted out of this game. Their backup running back has hit the transfer portal, so they're kind of going to kind of have a skeleton crew. They're leading Kentucky, this Kentucky Wildcats offense. I, I'll say it for both of us. Go Hawkeyes. I know we're rooting for Spencer Petras to go out on fire. Uh, they've had kind of a resurgence the second half of the year that last month, they had a tough loss on that Friday to Nebraska. Who even remembers that? Look, you and I, I know we're pulling for Spencer Petras in this game. Go Hawkeyes. 
I am pulling for Spencer Petras, but mostly because he's injured and will not be playing in this game. So Are you I'll kidding be, me? I, I'm serious. Is that real? You know, I could have cut you off, but because you went on this rant and this tangent, I was like, you know, I'm going to let it happen. Spencer oh, Petras no. will not be playing in this game. Really? We will have... He, we will have. I imagine Padilla or Padilla is transferring. He's or, in the transfer portal. You know what? They're probably going to run Wildcat the whole game. I would not. Oh no! Yeah. So I, I waited for it. I, I did it purposely because I knew you were going to have oh, this no. long thing you put together. Um, look, there's a reason this game's going to be 31 and a half. If if Petrus is playing, I tell you what, I was not just favored by two and a half. They're favored by three. I'd say they would be lighting the world on fire. Uh, you know what, though? I am intrigued by this game. It will be fun to watch. I really do enjoy watching Iowa. I think the offense is offensive, but the defense is, is that fun to watch. Uh, I'm excited for them next year. I just said it. I, I, Cade McNamara going there. Um, he, he's going to light the world on fire with all these explosive plays that he's bringing for Michigan. Um, it's going uh, it's, it's to be an interesting game. Now, I do think it's funny. Caden McNamara came out and said, I can't believe people are, you know, uh, I, people can keep saying all they want about the offense and, you know, that we they have a crappy offense. Well, yeah, because let's be honest, Iowa has all year, right? If they had a competent offense, this team probably would have won the West. Would you agree? I'm speechless right now. I'm just heartbroken over this Spencer Petrus <laughs> news. I missed that in our pre-show meeting notes, I guess. I don't know. You know, I saved it. I wasn't going to share that with you. No way was I going to share that with you. I had to. I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? We also have, and we're not going to go into the games here. First of all, 1231 on you know December 31st, the New Year's Eve, we have two more games. We're not going to hit those right now, mostly because I'm, I'm, I'm just going to sit here and go on a rant and complain about New Year's Eve games, especially an 8 o'clock Ohio State-Georgia game. Come on. What's going on here? But we do have a game, and uh, you know I, I think everyone will be watching this. With heavy hearts, but on January second, Mississippi State, number twenty-two in the country, eight and four, is going to be playing Illinois, who's also eight and four. Illinois is favored in this game by two points in the Relia Quest Bowl. What are you thinking, Mark? Yeah, credit to Brett Bielema and his staff for what they've done with this Illinois program. They turned this thing around this year. Uh, they had a fantastic season. One win away from the Big Ten West title. It was an impressive season. Tommy DeVito, we've talked about him week after week on the podcast. Transferring from Syracuse, did a great job quarterbacking this team. Chase Brown, kid we've also talked about week after week on this podcast. He's one of the best collegiate running backs in the world right now. Uh, and like we talked about earlier, if you didn't know, this Illinois defense is one of the absolute best in the country as well. Um, and they're going to need them because their secondary is going to be challenged. Mississippi State has a pretty good quarterback themselves. Will Rogers, 23 touchdowns on the season, only four interceptions. I think the key in this one for Illinois is going to be to just keep doing what they've been doing all season up to this point. Run the ball, control the clock, take calculated risks, and play solid defense. Um, I think they'll be uh, just fine in this one. I think they're going to be competitive, and I think they have a really good shot at winning this game. Yeah, I would agree here. Illinois is still a really good football team, right? They're, just, again, not getting enough credit. Um, but another interesting one, Mississippi State's 8-4, and four, Illinois is 8-4, and four, and Mississippi State's ranked. I don't think Illinois is close. So another one of those things where maybe the Big Ten is a little more disrespected in, in these college football playoff rankings, um, whereas Vegas sees something different here. I will say I think a lot of people are going to be rooting for Mississippi State in this game. Uh, you know, I think everyone uh, – you know, feels a certain type of way with Mike Leach and what happened with him. But, um, you know, this is going to be a good football game. And uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to watch some more Illinois here. Uh, this team is 
great. They're going to make an impact here, but it'll be a fun game. Yeah, so, we get one last chance to watch Chase Brown take the field for Illinois. Um, man, he'll, be playing on su- he'll be playing on Sundays next year, so I'm excited to watch him one last time uh, suit wait. up for the fight in Illini. He, he's, he's a stud. He's a stud. There's just no, no better way to put it. Also on January 2nd, this one is... I'm honestly excited about this matchup, but I do think it's as lopsided as we'll see here. Number 17, LSU, who's 9-4, and four, playing Purdue, who's 8-5, and five, in the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. Okay, outside of the two CFP semifinal games in the Rose Bowl, this game is right there for me. This is a hell of a matchup. Purdue had a tough loss to Michigan in the Big Ten Championship game, but they had a great season. Their offense is top tier. Uh, look, Aiden O'Connell has the ability to be the best quarterback in any game he's playing in. I think we'd both agree with that. Uh, Charlie Jones was first team all Big Ten, and in my opinion, he's one of the best receivers in the country. Their defense is a little suspect at times, but they've had a month. They'll have a month to prepare for this game, come up with a solid game plan. LSU, good team, looking for their tenth win of the season. Went from worst to first in the SEC West this year. Beat Alabama, beat Ole Miss. This is going to be a really tough game for your Boilermakers, Josh. It's going to be a tough game overall, but, you know, I, I believe in Purdue. I, I went back and watched that game against Michigan. They came out with a really solid game plan. Um, Michigan made some mistakes, which helped them a little bit, but they came out with a great game plan. It's just they were they, they didn't have the, the players to play with Michigan. Um, so I, I think you give them a little bit more time. I think they're competing with LSU, uh, but it is an 11-point spread, and I do expect this game to kind of – uh, become a little more challenging here for Purdue as it goes on. Just off a note, did you see Maccabee got his scholarship finally? I did. I saw that on Twitter this week. That was cool. That was awesome. I was happy for him. You know, that's always a fun thing to see when these players get their, their scholarships that, you know what, I would say he worked pretty darn hard for it and deserved it. So happy for that young man. Um, big for him. And, and look, Mar, we got one more game that I want to talk about. Out of every game that we've talked about, out of every game that's that we're going to see, this is the one I'm most excited for outside of the college football playoff. And this is the Rose Bowl on January 2nd. you got number 11 Penn State, number 8 Utah. Uh, Utah is favored by 2.5. This is going to be a fantastic game coming out of Pasadena. Yeah, granddaddy of them all. Look, this is a great matchup. Both of these teams are coming in on fire. The way Penn State closed out their season in that last month, Josh, they were just on a mission. And Utah coming off that huge Pac-12 championship game win over USC that we were actually sitting here watching doing doing our podcast uh, a week ago. Uh, Utah's back in the very bowl game they lost last year. My favorite bowl game from last year, Ohio State versus Utah, which was insane. They went toe-to-toe with last year with C.J. Stroud and that Buckeyes offense. They went toe-to-toe twice this year. Versus the Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, and twice they beat them. They showed that they can step up in the biggest moments. The biggest news coming into this game, though, is Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, that's what's going to – I wonder if that really swayed the line, to be honest, because I'm, I'm sold on Penn State. Look, they have two losses. They got the doors blown off them against Michigan. Michigan ran all over them, but it was in Ann Arbor. I get it. Ohio State, they sh- they could have beat Ohio State. You know what? Without JTT just taking over the whole world in that game, they could have beat them. So they have two losses against the two top four teams in the country, no questions asked. Probably the number two and number three teams, you know, is what it'll play out to be. Um, but you're right. USC's they've had their ups, their downs, but they're just a really fun team. But Joey Porter not playing, man, that is just such a that's a tough loss for Penn State. 
Yeah, Joey Porter Jr., if you haven't heard, he's deciding to skip the Rose Bowl. Uh, he's going to focus on the NFL draft. This kind of sucks, if I'm being honest. I, I get it. This isn't the playoff. It's not the same as Jackson Smith and Jigba skipping the Ohio State-Georgia game, but it's still the Rose Bowl. This is a huge loss on defense for this Penn State team. They'll need all hands on deck versus Utah. This is a big setback for this Nittany Lions team, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it sucks, man. I, this is the day and age we live in, though. I mean, you have players like Joey Porter that don't want to play, and I can't. I'm not knocking him for it. I look back to was it Jake Butt a few years ago uh, for Michigan. Uh, I mean, he tore his ACL if I'm not mistaken in a bowl game, and it cost him, you know, uh, his draft stock, and I, I, evidently, eventually his career because he just kept getting injuries. So I don't blame these players. I just wish there was something that we could do about it, you know. And, and even in the world we live in right now, with the the transfer portal, like it's just so much. And and I, I just think there has to be rules and regulations at this point. Look what Deion Sanders is doing. He's telling people, nope, you can't play here. Or he's just like he's recruiting from everybody. Um, I just read today that Mississippi State players are currently being recruited. Like Mike Leach died two days ago, and and they're heavily recruiting their players. It's just. It's a tough day and age, and for a sport that we love so much, I just hate to see it getting ravaged by by all these little things like like not wanting to play and whatnot. Yeah, I'm so I'm curious to see on the field. I'm curious to see how Utah handles this Penn State rushing attack. They have not seen a rushing attack like this all season. Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen, the way Penn State turned around their rushing game 180 80 degrees from what it was last season. I don't think Utah has seen this kind of rushing attack. And Sean Clifford is a, a very reliable quarterback. What fifth or sixth year senior? He's got weapons uh, to throw to. He can he can run if he needs to. He's mobile. I'm very curious. I'm very intrigued to see how, because Utah is very competent on offense. Utah is very competent on defense. They're they're good on both sides of the ball. But I'm curious to see. I don't know that they've faced an offense as versatile as this Penn State offense. So I'm curious to see how they handle this rushing game from Penn State. It's going to be very interesting. And I, if I if I were to go rank my Big Ten my Big Ten bowl games, this would be number three for me, right behind the the, the semifinal games, Michigan and Ohio State. It'd be this game right after that. So uh, I'm intrigued. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this game. Can't wait. Yeah, this would be a good one. Sean Clifford in his ninth career, uh, ninth year career at uh, at Penn State. It'll be fun <laughs> to watch him end it here, or you know maybe find a way to get another another year out of it. But, Mar, we got to make our picks. So let's take a short break. Let's come back. Let's take our picks, and uh, we'll go from there. Let's do it. tighter here mar how bad are you beating me now oh i'm still up on you huge uh i got a two-game lead on you uh 83 and 23 to 81 and 25 i just don't see you coming back from this man i'm sorry we'll see we'll see what what happens this week there's a definite possibility you never know you never know but let's start let's go let's cue the music let's get started here we have wisconsin and oklahoma state wisconsin's favored by three what are you thinking here Look, despite the interim staff, despite losing their quarterback to the transfer portal, I have faith that this Wisconsin team will close out the year strong and they'll go forward into the Luke Fickle era with some momentum. I like the Badgers here. I will take Oklahoma State. I don't buy in. Now, I I know Graham Mertz is not playing, which I think uh, might benefit this team. 
Um, with that being said, uh, Sanders does make an impact too, and I, him not playing hurts. But I am still taking Oklahoma State. They're a little up and down, but I'm going to take Oklahoma State this game. Syracuse, Ow. Minnesota. How dare you pick against a Big Ten team? I know. Um, I felt bad doing it, especially in the first one. Minnesota-Syracuse, this one was easy for me. Syracuse does not have a good rush defense. I think Minnesota is going to run all over them. I have the Golden Gophers in this one. I think they run at will all over them. Not a seven and a half isn't enough. Minnesota. Uh, Maryland and NC State in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. Maryland is Mar- by one and a half. Yeah, look, this Maryland team is healthy now. I think they're going to be locked in for this game. I have the Maryland Terrapins here. I would tend to agree. I think Maryland wins this game. Uh, we've been saying it all year, and I'm, I'm not sure I'm sold on the ACC. I think we're going to see more of it. Tagovailoa, a little more time to get healthy. Um, I will also take Maryland. Iowa and Kentucky in the Transperfect Music City Bowl. Look, if you've ever listened to this podcast, you know who I'm taking here. Uh, give me Jack Campbell in that defense. Give me the Iowa Hawkeyes. Let's go. I will be taking Kentucky. Absolutely. So that is two votes against the spread for me, and I believe that leaves you with none against the spread. Mississippi State and Illinois in the Rally Quest Bowl. I think Illinois is going to be able to play their game, run the ball, play solid defense, and control this game. I have the fight in the lion eye winning this game. I do too. I I, you know, I think Mississippi State's going to be coming out and they're going to be fighting. You know, with Mike Leach, they're going to want to they're going to want to win this game. Um, but Illinois is a good football team. They're just not getting enough credit right now. This is a very, very good football team, and they're going to show the world on January 2nd. LSU, Purdue. I went back and forth on this pick. Purdue has had a fantastic season. They've had, they have a fantastic offense. Uh, and, and if they can get out to an early lead, I think LSU might be in some trouble. I just think LSU is going to be too much for this Boilermakers team to handle. I have the LSU Tigers in this one. I think the same. I think they're going to have a good game plan. I could see this. This is the type of game where Purdue could go up 14. You'd be like, what in the world? And then they lose 35 to 17. I just think LSU has too much talent overall. It's kind of like the Michigan game. Eventually, Michigan just pulled away because they had too many players, too many playmakers. LSU wins this game. Now, the Rose Bowl, the game we're stoked for outside of our college football playoff. We have number 11, Penn State, number 8, Utah. Utah's favorite in this one. And Pasadena, what are, you, what are you thinking from this one? Look, I think Utah has the better team, the better coach. The crowd is going to be there in their favor as well. I think the Utah Utes will avenge their Rose Bowl loss from last year. I'm taking Utah. Well, I am also going to take Utah in this one. I think they win it. And I want to give you a congratulations on once again following every team that's favored in the spread. Congratulations to you, Mario. I just uh, went with my heart. I went with my heart. That's all. And your heart is in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, maybe, right? maybe. <laughs> I see what you're doing, but I switched it up a little bit this week. I, I, I have some belief in some of these other games, but you know what that's fun about the bowl games? It's kind of a, you don't really know because you're going to have players sitting out. You look, you said Jack Campbell, and I had to be like, well, he's, he's obviously going to the NFL. Like, let me type his name real quick to see if he's going to be playing. Uh, because you don't really know. Anything can change any minute. It's just like last time we did this, and uh, Jim Leonard, we were talking about him staying at Wisconsin, and then we get off and we look at our phones, and we're like, Jim Leonard has left, you know, or <laughs> chosen to leave. Like, things change so quickly and so rapidly in this environment right now. Yeah, the new cycle is crazy. Uh, 
probably 80% of the stuff we just talked about is going to be irrelevant in the next hour and a half. So uh, fingers crossed it isn't, but uh, you never know. Irrelevant like Iowa's offense. Just kidding. I just I had to take a, a shot at you over here. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, Kentucky's lucky Spencer Petrus isn't playing in that ball game if that's true because he, w- he was going to light the world on fire. He was going to elevate his draft stock. I could feel it. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. You know what? I felt the same. That's why I said earlier that the spread would have went from two and a half to three if Spencer Petrus is playing. Um, uh, you know, I, I give you a lot of kudos here. But look, we I, I, I tease. I have to tease this team. You know, I, I'm a big Iowa fan. You know that. I want to see that offense perform. I want to see the Big Ten perform really well. I hope I am wrong in every pick that I bet against uh against the big 10 here i want to see the big 10 get better and i think they really did i think we had some teams not get better this year you look at northwestern indiana eyeing those teams up but i think overall these teams look good and there's a reason ohio state and michigan are sitting here in the top four i think i would love to see illinois get in the top 25 i do think iowa can get in there i think maryland can get in there maybe minnesota these teams could potentially be top 25 teams i think over some of the nc states and i I hope they show the world here um, starting on December 27th. I think Iowa is most definitely going to be a top 25 team next year with the addition of Cade McNamara. And I also think Nebraska is going to be a top 25 team next year with the addition of Matt Rule as their head coach. Last year, <clears throat> would they have seven games by one score or less? And then this year, they took a big step back. They had to fire their head coach. Scott Frost was gone. Uh, they were trying to get used to a new quarterback and Casey Thompson, a uh, new number one target and Trey Palmer. I think next year with Matt Rule at the helm and that offense and those weapons they have in that offense, I, I, Nebraska is my sleeper team for next year. I think they make take a huge step forward. Maybe not top twenty-five now that I'm almost talking myself out of it, but they're going to be right on the cusp. They will be. They'll be in the top thirty-five next year. Yeah, my words. You, know, you said that, and I'm like, look, I can see them making improvements. That was a big sell for this year, but top twenty-five, you're asking a lot now. Iowa, if they stay healthy, and I think if they have the interior gets a little better, I think they have a potential to to be a top twenty-five team. I've not sold that yet that Cade McNamara is not a game manager and that he's going to be explosive uh, like like he tends to believe. I, I think he's exactly a game manager. You are what you are, and that's okay. That's that's not like a, a bad thing to say you're a game manager. If anything, that's a compliment. That's what the pros do. Um, but I also don't know that they have the weapons out there. Eric All adds a weapon, but I don't know that they have the weapons. With that being said, that's a top 25 football team next year, probably preseason top 25. Right, we've seen uh, Tom Brady be a game manager his whole career, and look where it got him. I mean, he's had a fantastic career. So exactly, um, it's it's the perfect thing. A game manager is a is a great tag to have. You know, I, I think we see a lot of it. One thing that Cade cannot get away from though is the offensive play calling from Iowa, because Iowa's offensive play calling is conservative to say the least. Might be the most conservative offensive play calling in the entire country. FPS and FCS. That's why I was confused by what he was saying when he said he wanted to go somewhere explosive. I'm like, have you seen their offensive game plan? Now, you you also have to tailor it to the players you have, and that's no shot at any players on the team. But I'm just trying to predict what the what the offensive coordinator is thinking here. You know, Brian Ferenc. Fair. Oh my God, I want Ferenc. Remember from the very one first podcast to now, Brian Ferenc. Um, you know, I. You, you have to tailor it to your players. I just, I don't know. I'm not sold that. I look at that offense on film and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to go there. I'm going to light the world on fire, right? that That's where you look at USC and say that. 
But regardless, that team is a top 25 team. We're in agreement on that coming next year. But I think we could end this year with a lot of top 25s. But, Mar, um, we can dive into next year. We could talk about it all day because there's a lot coming up. Um, But why don't we wrap it up today? Let's do it. Thank you, everyone, for the support. We appreciate it. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and look for us on Twitter at BTRShowPod. Thank you, everyone, and we will see you guys next week.